I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast, where we talk about family-style homeschooling. Hi, this is Michelle. And I'm Karen. Today we are talking about having a realistic homeschool vision. I don't think any of us ever start out really being realistic. (laughs) We're probably just doing well if we start out with a homeschool vision at all. So we'll probably start there and then we'll get to how to make it realistic. Yeah. So let's start with just what is a homeschool vision. Basically, here's what you do. Close your eyes. Picture what is a perfect day like in your homeschool. What does the room look like? What are your children doing? What are you doing? What resources are you using? Picture all that together and then write it down. That is your homeschool vision. You want to really take time and absorb it. Think about the different subjects that you're teaching. Think about how you're interacting together. Even things like your tone of voice. See every little detail in your homeschool. Imagine in your mind what it would be if it were perfect every single day. And then ask yourself, what is it that appeals to me about this vision? What, what speaks to me here? So let's say that you picture a room where the walls are brightly colored, there are posters up. Maybe this is a picture you've seen on Pinterest. If the only reason you like it is because it was on Pinterest and it looked pretty, that's probably not good enough. You need to think, well, why do I like the bright colors? What is it about that that attracts me? And then once you've discovered why you like it, you will start to see, oh, well, that's a piece of my personality. And if you draw that into your own homeschool, you can then take it and transport it from that Pinterest to your actual real home. And you don't have to have the exact room you saw in the Pinterest picture you can say, oh, well, I can make my room have these elements. And you will then start to grow that kind of homeschool. And that applies to the curriculum you've chosen. It applies to the behavior you expect of your children. All those things, you need to think, why do I need that? And then you can create it piece by piece. After you have created this homeschool vision and you've written it down in as detailed a way as you can, next, you're going to take a minute and write down why you are homeschooling. If you don't do this, when you have those days that are not going well, you're sometimes going to wonder why you're homeschooling. And you need to have this for your own peace of mind to keep a big perspective. Why is this important to me? So take some time and write down why it is important to you. Why did you decide to homeschool in the first place? It's not an easy decision. So I don't think very many people just make it lightly. So take a minute and write down why. We have a great resource if you are wanting to write these things down. On our website, there's a free PDF packet that you can get. And it's the Guide for New Homeschoolers. It has a page where you can write down your vision. It also has a page where you can write down why am I homeschooling. And on that page, it has three different sections. The first is why I decided to homeschool. So for me personally... I decided to homeschool simply because my son was unhappy at school. It was as simple as that. He was just so unhappy that he was starting to hate school. He was pretending that he was sick so he wouldn't have to go. He was in kindergarten. And I thought, I cannot have this be his school experience. I have to change this. And so I took him out just so that he could be relaxed and happy and start to learn to love learning again. 
So that's why I decided to homeschool in the first place. The next section is what am I hoping homeschool will do for my kids? So you need to have a reason, you know, what is this going to do to help them? Why is this better than having them in a traditional school setting? And then finally, what I'm hoping homeschooling will do for me. You as the homeschool teacher are an integral, important part of this equation. If it's not making you happy, then it's not going to work long term. You may be able to power through it for a while to deal with an immediate problem in your family or with your child, but it will not be a long term solution if it's not something that's going to make you happy or fulfill you in some way. So we've just asked you to create this ideal picture. And sometimes that's scary because the truth is that real life is not always ideal. Some time ago, I wrote an article about when I built up an ideal picture in in my mind. And what happened is my husband is a pilot. And so he leaves for work and he's gone for days at a time. And then he gets back. In our early years of marriage, I often built up in my mind what it would be when he got back. And so I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted to be the wife who had handled it all and everything was just right. And he got home and saw how amazing I was and how I took care of the children and everything was perfect and wonderful. And so I remember this one particular week, I was determined to get our house spotlessly clean. And my kids were little at this time, so this was no small feat to have the house spotlessly clean. But I scrubbed every nook and cranny. I had all the laundry done. All of the dishes were sparkling clean. I had washed walls and scrubbed baseboards and I washed the curtains everything was sparkling clean. And in my mind, he was going to walk in the door with his suitcase and it was going to be a joyous reunion where he acknowledged that I was the most perfect wife in the world and couldn't believe how sparkling clean the house was. And unfortunately, all of that was built up in my mind and then he walked in the door. He did have a suitcase in hand, but that's where the happy story ended. All he said was, is that curtain wrinkly? And what? I couldn't believe it. Yes, the curtain was wrinkly because I washed it. I washed all of the curtains in the whole house. And I couldn't believe that he didn't see the perfection that I had created. He saw the one flaw. So I had built up in my mind this perfect picture of what it was going to be. And in one second, I was crushed. So you had created a vision, not just of what you would do, but of what his response would be to what you would do. And that's probably where the mistake comes in. When you create a vision that includes other people, you need to remember that they are other people. They actually have personalities. They actually have a point of view. They actually are going to be a factor in what really happens. And so if you base your vision on other people, they're going to disappoint you because they don't know your vision maybe, or maybe they don't want to live up to it or can't live up to it for whatever reason. And you're going to be disappointed. So now we want you to look back. Look back at that homeschool vision that you wrote, that picture that you formed in your mind, and even look back at the reasons why you're homeschooling and take a look and make sure that those are centered on you, not on the other people because you can't control the other people. So you can't set a goal for your kids to do X, Y, and Z. Instead, you have to set a goal for what you will do, the part that you will create. That's the only part that you really have control over. So Michelle, can you tell us what is your homeschool vision? 
Well, I'll start by telling you what my homeschool vision was at the very beginning. (laughs) Okay, I mentioned in episode five, which was about matching your teaching style, I mentioned that I like classical style. I'm very academic and reading, writing, sitting at a desk quietly. That's my nirvana. So my homeschool vision was sort of like a medieval monastery. (laughs) I had this picture that my kids were going to sit quietly at their individual desks and be studying out of textbooks all day long. There wouldn't be a single sound. The walls would be blank and pure, and it would just be this filtered, lovely light coming in. And I would be sitting up at the front at my own desk while they all worked independently, and I got on with my studying too. That's what I thought was going to happen. How did that work out for you? (laughs) Well, see, I forgot a couple of important things. First of all, I have kids. (laughs) They're kids. They're little boys. They don't sit still ever, let alone at desks doing their homework all day long. They didn't love to just sit and do copy work? I couldn't believe it. (laughs) They don't. (laughs) So at some point, I had to adjust my vision. I I don't think that I ever articulated it, my vision in those early years. But that is still kind of the picture I had in my head. And... That's not what actually has happened. And that vision is gone. I no longer even want that vision. So I have matured and grown. I have come down to a little bit of realism. And now my vision is something different. My vision now is more like all of us sitting together and learning. My vision is my children each learning skills that will help them to go on with life so that I will help CJ to develop his own talents. I will facilitate him in whatever way he needs at the moment, whether that is teaching him how to uh, learn to write a complete sentence so that he can function later on, or if that's me helping him get into a class that he is really interested in at another school. So I think that's interesting because you described in your homeschool vision that was early on what the behavior of your kids would be. And then you realized... Oh, that didn't pan out at all. But your second vision actually caters to your kids' personalities. So you, you're you creating what you want to do for your kids instead of what you expect of them, right? Yeah, and I think that that's maybe the biggest part. When we say a realistic homeschool vision, that's what we mean. It's like you have other people. You're dealing with other people, and you can't force them to be your little automatons. You Children are not these empty vessels that you just get to fill. They actually come with their own desires and needs and ways of seeing the world. So Karen, now that I've spilled my re- really realistic visions from my early years, what were yours like? Oh, mine were so opposite from yours. <laughs> Instead of the stark walls, my walls were absolutely colorful. And every single homeschool lesson was a beautiful, colorful art project with glitter and wonder. And my kids were going to be fascinated and just love every single thing that we did in every creative way possible. And if we weren't doing a project, then I was going to be sitting up at the front of the room in my cute little chair, holding a picture book, just like the children's librarian did, reading to them with the book facing them and showing them each picture. And they were going to sit wide-eyed, fascinated, hanging on every word that I spoke. So how did did that change, Karen? (laughs) Well, they didn't hang on every word I spoke, that's for sure. And it ended up that the projects, although I love projects still, trying to create a project out of everything was exhausting for all of us. And I quickly realized... 
I can't keep up with this. It was too overwhelming for me. So it was partly that my kids didn't always play into my vision. But for me, it was also just that my perfect homeschool vision was much too much. So are you disappointed now or have you found peace with that? And and how was that process? Actually, it's a relief. It's a relief to let myself off the hook a little bit to say, I'm okay with it not being perfect. I don't want to create a perfect homeschool anymore. And I don't want every day to be the same anymore. I've learned that flexibility is what makes our homeschool a lot happier. And so I've, I've relaxed my homeschool vision in massive ways. And we still do a lot of projects and we still have a lot of color and we have glitter. <laughs> we do a lot of things that are in keeping with what I first envisioned, except it's massively scaled back. And it makes it such a relief to not feel like I have to live up to this all the time recipe of what I thought was a perfect homeschool. Yeah, and I still do have light colored walls, very blank and plain, and I still do have lovely filtered light coming into the room. But so I did keep little things about my vision and we still do very academic kinds of stuff. So there, I didn't throw out everything. There are things that I gleaned from that early experience, I think, in my homeschool vision, and that really did match my personality. There were other things, though, that I realized, oh, that was a mistake, trying to make my kids sit there at individual desks doing their work. That was not making anybody happy. So sometimes a vision that you have for your homeschool can end up looking like the checklist for a perfect child. And I think we need to be really, really careful of that because it's not fair to your kids. Kids are people, they have a personality and a will, and they are. your vision isn't going to fit what your needs for your family are down the road 10 years. You can't possibly know what's coming. You can't decide when your child is six that they will go to college and you will prepare them. You don't know that. There's all kinds of things that could happen to get in the way, whether it's your own child's inclinations and talents, or if it's a major medical issue that comes up in your family. You can't possibly know what the future will be. So it's important to focus your vision on yourself, on what you will do, on what you will become, rather than on what your kids will accomplish. An interesting thing happened to my husband when he was a pretty young boy. He had done really, really well in school. And he was really smart and really excelled. And then all of a sudden, he started to have seizures, these little mini seizures that were happening. And it took them a while to find this medical problem. But the result of these seizures was that he really forgot pretty much everything he had learned. They almost served like little mini strokes. And all of a sudden, he was struggling in school. He couldn't remember the math that they had learned last year or last week. And every day, it felt like he was starting from scratch. And his parents were puzzled, and his teachers were puzzled. And it's something that never really changed. He had to learn to cope with it, and he did eventually outgrow it after many years. But nobody could have predicted this would happen to him. We don't know what's going to happen in our kids' lives. So create this homeschool vision, but leave room in it for life. Because life is going to happen and you can't predict exactly what will be in the future. In that homeschool packet that we spoke about before, the PDF that you can get from How to Begin Homeschooling on layersoflearning.com, we also have a long-term education plan. It has spaces where you can fill in what subjects your children will study 
from first grade through 12th grade. Even if you start this with your first grader, it will probably change. So at the very beginning, you need to get the mindset of, I'm going to make a plan, but then I'm also going to be flexible. I'm going to let this plan evolve as my needs evolve. Every few years, I kind of reassess, what is my homeschool vision now? And the fact that it has changed does not disappoint me. It tells me that we're growing, that I'm growing as a person, my children are growing, our family is growing, and our needs are changing. It doesn't tell me that I failed my previous vision. It just tells me that things are advancing along, we're moving along, and hopefully we're refining rather than failing our vision. So in the long-term education plan, it's important to note that there are only six spaces for each year for each grade, for each subject. In other words, in first grade, there's only enough spaces for six subjects. And actually for a first grader, that's probably a lot. Even though there are hundreds of things your homeschooler could be learning, you do not need to learn them all every year. I think as parents, we feel a lot of pressure to teach our kids everything. We want to make sure that we cover our bases, and especially because we are so responsible for their education when we're choosing to homeschool. We don't want to miss anything. We don't want there to be gaps. And that can be a frightening place to be in. So you sometimes need to stop and realize it is not possible to teach your kids everything. It's not possible to even teach your kids most of everything. We are constantly learning new things. We are constantly developing knowledge in the world. They are not going to master all of the knowledge out there. So creating these arbitrary lists that say, you know, this is what you must learn in first grade. This is what you must learn in second grade. Recognize that those are arbitrary lists. That's just a tiny, tiny piece of the knowledge that's out there in the world. And it's not possible to learn at all. We were looking recently at some YouTube stats and I was talking to my kids about it. And my son said, did you know that there are 300 hours of video uploaded to YouTube every single minute? And my daughter said, it's not even possible to watch all of YouTube. It's not possible. And that's that's how knowledge is. It's not possible for us to learn it all. So let go of the idea that you're going to learn everything. You can't. On a lot of websites, whether they're homeschooling or other educational websites or even parenting websites, you will see these lists. These are things that you should teach your child before he's 18 or your daughter needs to know this before she goes off to college. And they'll have things like crocheting, car repair, budgeting, Shakespeare, limericks, the Pythagorean theorem, memorize the Bible. I mean, some of these things are pretty ambitious. You'll see your child should learn sign language. You can't do it all. You don't have to do it all. Stop reading those lists. Stop worrying about those lists. You need to focus back and simplify. Keep it down. So if you do decide my child should learn Spanish, you don't have to learn Spanish every single year from first grade clear through 12th grade. It's okay to just study Spanish for a couple of years and then move on to another topic that your child is interested in. That was a massive revelation to me several years ago because I kept adding I started with, you know, what my kids did in kindergarten, and then we added some subjects in first grade, and then each year I added something, and then it got to the point where I couldn't juggle it. I had too much in our day, and they were burned out, and I was burned out, and it didn't even occur to me, look, if you add something, maybe you should take something else away and treat it more like schools treat semesters a little bit and say, hey, we can learn this now, and then 
Maybe we'll cycle back around to it later, but we're going to take a break and learn this thing. And I wasn't doing that, and I was exhausted. We were all trying to add and add and add, and I never took anything away. And for a while, we weren't learning anything well because we were learning so much that we couldn't really learn anything deeply or well. Yeah, I think it's really important to simplify, and not just in school subjects, but also in the rest of your life. You don't need to sign up for every sport, every drama production, every co-op class, for 4-H and scouts. You need to be deliberate about your family's time, and that includes the entire family. So if you have four kids and they're all in three sports, you don't have a life anymore, and you need to decide, well, what is our priorities as a family? What is Again, that goes back to your homeschool vision. As a homeschooler, your homeschool is your entire family life. So you need to have that vision include everything about your family life. How much time do you think it's really valuable to spend on sports versus academic time versus family playtime? All of those things need to be balanced. In that homeschool vision that you created, we asked you to describe what your ideal homeschool space was also, where the learning was happening. And I think for both of us, that's evolved too over the years. Is, is that right, Michelle? Yeah, I believed all of the websites that said you have to have a homeschool room. Oh, you must have a homeschool room. And I finally got one. And guess what? We don't ever use it. (laughs) You can tour Michelle's homeschool room that she doesn't use. Yes, you can. (laughs) Right on our website. (laughs) I actually also include the room where we actually do learn, but it's not technically our homeschool room. It's just our, we call it the kitchen room because it's not the living room and my kids can't remember family room. (laughs) So (laughs) It's connected to your kitchen. It's connected to the kitchen. (laughs) I think... A lot of people feel like they can't do homeschool if they don't have some kind of dedicated homeschool room. And really, I'm trying to think, I probably went, oh, at least five or six years before I had any kind of homeschool room in our homeschool. At the beginning, we used our dining room, and it had some awesome cupboards off to the side that were intended for china and you know fancy dishes and things, but ours was full of books and art supplies. And we homeschooled there and it was just fine. You don't have to have a dedicated space. But what you do have to have is a space that makes you happy and comfortable. Yeah. So sometimes you'll see the homeschool parents are like, we're learning Spanish. And so they have Spanish words posted all over their cupboards and all around their house. That would make me crazy. I could not live with that. I have to have a clean, neat, tidy kind of environment. And so that's what my home is like. But that's my vision. That's how I feel comfortable. And you need to realize that the way that someone else envisions their homeschool doesn't have to be your vision. It's great to see all those ideas. I love that people are putting their ideas out there on the internet and they're so freely sharing them. But then you need to take a step back and say, yeah, but is this for me? So I have a homeschool room that we actually use now and we spend more time in this room than any other room in our house. But that's after having several homeschool rooms that didn't function well for our family and that we really didn't end up using. Um, I discovered that something I have to have in my homeschool room is couches. We sit and read so much that if I have to sit at a desk all the time, it's not going to work for us. So part of my homeschool vision is we need comfy couches and quilts and pillows. If we don't have that, we won't utilize our our homeschool room at all. And so that was something that 
I didn't realize early on because in my perfect vision that I had created with the glitter and the colorful projects and me sitting as the children's librarian at the front of the room, there actually weren't couches in that picture. And I since had to adjust my picture and realize that's not actually how we do things. And I had to tweak it. So I think the key is to keep it realistic Keep your vision realistic by keeping your homeschool simple. Match it to your personality, be flexible and be willing to change, and remember to be careful about setting goals for your children. Your goals should mostly be about you. So in episode four, we spoke about blending learning styles. And one of the things that I mentioned in that episode was how important it is to teach your kids about metacognition, which was just thinking about thinking. So it might sound to you like we're saying, picture this perfect homeschool and then throw it all out. And that's actually not what we're saying. What we're saying is it's important for you to think about thinking. Think about why you want what you want in your homeschool. Because that process is valuable. It will help you to quickly discover who you are as a homeschool mom. And as you go through that self-discovery, that will help you to make a happier homeschool for yourself. So the process of thinking is really what we're getting at here. It's not that you're going to articulate exactly what your homeschool will become when you picture it in your mind and then write out all of your descriptions. What will happen is that you will start to think about what makes you really happy. And that will lead you closer and closer and closer to being happy in your homeschool. And hopefully you can do it a lot faster than we did. It took me a lot of trial and error. I just had all these examples of the perfect homeschool. But nobody told me, you need to think about why you like that or why that person likes that. And does that really fit you? Nobody told me that my personality was so important in this equation. I wasted a lot of time trying to mimic what I saw other people were doing because I thought that they were really good homeschool moms. And if I was going to be a really good homeschool mom, I had to be like them. And then I realized, but we aren't the same person. And I had to find what makes me a good homeschool mom. So I think there are a few keys here to keep a homeschool vision realistic. First, keep your homeschool simple. Don't add too many subjects into your schedule. Match your homeschool to your personality from the curriculum you choose to the homeschool room you're in. Be flexible and willing to change. That is so important. Be willing to grow up, be willing to mature and to adapt to the different needs of your family and your children. And finally, remember to be very careful about setting goals for your children. Your goals should mostly be about you and not about them. So next time we're going to talk about layers of learning really specifically. We've spent a couple of episodes talking more about some educational theory and just how to actually build a homeschool that works for you. But next time we want to talk about avoiding layers of learning pitfalls. So we help a lot of families as they're getting started on their homeschool path with layers of learning. And we thought it would be really valuable to share some experiences that have helped families to overcome those pitfalls. So I hope that you'll join us next time and we've enjoyed this. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for joining us today. Come and visit us at layersoflearning.com and on our Facebook group. Make sure to tune in next month for our new podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool. Have Have fun fun learning. learning.